Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning, City Hills. We're so excited to have you guys join us here online. We are starting a brand new series today called My Wide Open Life. Now, I know that might sound like a TLC show, but I promise it's going to be better than that. So most of you probably know that um, Bud and I lived in Louisiana for most of our lives. And uh, before California was even a possibility, it was even on the radar, we were dreaming of moving out of the suburbs and moving out into the country. Bud and I had both just um, dreamed of having a big piece of land, some place that we could grow our own fruit and vegetables. And, you know, we talked about raising chickens so that we had our own organic eggs. And for those of you who've known me for a long time, you know that that sounds like something exactly like what we would want to do. Uh, there was even talks of a goat in there that was all Bud. But the idea that we had was we wanted a place where we could breathe and grow and dream. And uh, I was thinking about that the other night. We were finally able to get out of our houses and, you know, all cooped up for all of those weeks and, and months and get back onto the beaches uh, here in San Diego. We went out to La Jolla to see the bioluminescence and was just marveling at it. And I guess it was just having been inside for so long and, you know, very small trips out and about, to be out at the beach in this wide, expansive space just made me think of that all over again. But honestly, it made me think about something else. It made me think about God's grace and his purposes. And I know you're thinking, well, I don't know how you went from point A to point B on that one, but just stay with me. and Trust me, it's going to make some sense to you. So in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is talking and writing a letter to the uh, church at Ephesus, and he says in Ephesians 1 and 7, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the, the treasure of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the riches of his grace. And what he was trying to explain to them in some terms was how amazing this rich gift of grace was. And honestly, I'm going to just be transparent with you. That's a hard thing to explain to people, you know, who don't really understand it. And the best way that I've been able to figure it out is to describe it as God's unmerited favor. So it's this favor, it's this gift, it's this, it's this incredible thing that God gives to us, not on our merits, totally unmerited. In other words, we can't work for it, we can't earn it, there's nothing that we can do. It is a free gift of grace. So for me personally, you know, before knowing God and, and having him as the center of my life, I wanted to be a good person. I, I wanted to be the kind of person that, you know, people enjoyed being with. I wanted to show love, I wanted to show mercy to people. I wanted to, you know, find what this world had for me as a person. But what I didn't realize until the night that I gave my, my life to God is that what was missing was him. I remember that night vividly. 
Bud and I had just started dating. He was 17, I was 16. He was just about to graduate high school and college was on course for him. Um, I was in my junior year, I still had another year to go. And I was having meetings with my guidance counselor about, you know, what area could I go into if I was interested in going on to college? And what really struck hard to me was her words that, you know, even though my test scores were good, she, she, was, she basically just said in a very nice way, Mary, don't aim too high. You know, there's, there's not a lot here that I see. Nothing is really standing out as a great strength that I would say, go and pursue this. And it broke my heart. I mean, it was, it was earth shattering. It's like, here's this person telling me there's not much there. And honestly, she wasn't the first person to say that. You know, no one could really see past this kind of messed up 16 year old. In my personal life for me, you know, I, I had really had a tough time the year before that. You know, my heart was broken by some terrible choices that I had made, things that, you know, um, I couldn't go back and fix, mistakes and, and things about myself that I wish that I could change. And I had gotten to the point one night in my darkest moments when I said, this isn't worth it. And I really considered ending it all. And then I met Bud and here I am, you know, we didn't understand until later on that the reason he even came up with the idea of inviting me to church that night was God. He was pursuing us. And I remember we watched a movie and then afterwards the pastor got up and he just started talking about the love of God and the grace of God and how that love and that salvation that was being offered that night was to us all and that personally, God would be able to take away the pain, that, that Jesus could cover the shame that we felt of anything in our lives. I think I ran up to the altar that night. I was so desperate to know whether this man of God was telling the truth or not, and he was. I, and everything changed for me at that point. You know, where I'd had aspirations of going to college and saying, well, why bother? I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. You know, listening to the things that people had said about me that, you know, ah, you're okay. There's really not much there. I had, I had to know whether God thought of me the same way. And he didn't. At that moment of salvation, I knew full well that I had nothing to offer. But I also knew that nothing was ever going to be the same again. And in my own strength, I started to want to be good and faithful, and I wanted to work hard, and I wanted God to love me, and I didn't want him to stop loving me. And somehow I got a fear in my heart that that was going to happen. And then I realized a, a truth that transformed everything a few years in. I didn't understand was that if I was working for something that already belonged to me, was like someone giving me something for free and me wanting to pay for it. There was no way that I could work and earn and pay back all that he had done. It all just seemed too easy. I don't know if you've ever been in that place in your life where you, you hear a message of salvation and you say, there's gotta be more to it than that. 
You see, I have heard that so many times through the years of people and friends and family that say, no, Mary, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to give up my freedom. I'm not ready to turn my heart over to God. I see what you see. I, I feel his love as well, but I don't want to give up that control. But like me, they only can see so much of the, that they can accomplish. Their mistakes, their history, their family, their circumstances, they, they set that bar so low. And what they don't realize is that without God in the center of it all, their life is actually small. And not by any doing of themselves other than their own limitations, because it's only found in God what we could possibly become, what that purpose is, what that wide, expansive freedom kind of life is like. You see, living in God's grace is living a life of freedom. It's freedom for him to find and discover, for, to, to teach us those things that are already in there. We have no idea the things that God has planned and prepared for us. We're going to talk about that a little more in a Bible character that I want to introduce you to. You see, I have said it here before, that at that moment of salvation, if someone had told me, if God himself had come down and said to me, Mary, you're going to teach, you're going to preach, you're going to go around the world and you're going to bring people the good news of who I am. You're going to sit and you're going to counsel with people and you're going to help them. I would have told him he was absolutely insane. Nothing about my life at that moment could possibly bring that to happen. You know, there was nothing there. There just was nothing there. And then I realized something. It really wasn't that far off. I was that kid in high school. I don't know why. Everybody came to for advice. I don't know whether I looked older, sounded older, sounded like I had it all together. I did not, let me just guarantee you that. I always felt so lost, so confused. And then there was this battling thing inside of me that you're not worth much. There's nothing there. There's nothing special about you. You're never going to do anything. So where I was getting this ability to look my friends in the face and tell them, hold them in my arms crying and saying, you're beautiful. Don't listen to the people that are saying anything different. You are going to go on and do incredible things. You, I can see such worth in you. I can see the gifts inside of you. And I would list them out and they would go away feeling better than they did. What I didn't understand, that was God. That was the gifts that he had instilled in me even before I made him the center of my life. They were already in there. The difference is once I decided that I was going to give my life over to him, he was able to take those things and grow them and grow them bigger. And he was able to take those things and show me a life that I never, ever thought could happen for myself. Ephesians 4 and 7, Paul tells the same church at Ephesus, and God has generously given each of us supernatural grace. I love the idea of that. But according to the size of the gift of Christ, it wasn't according to you. It wasn't according to me. It wasn't according to what you could do or what you didn't do or what you, you know, have done in your life or what you had to offer. 
It was about the gift of Christ and the size of what he did. It is absolutely unfathomable when you think about it. Now, you know that I'm from an island, for those of you uh, who know me well, and um, you know I don't swim, and you know that it's a big deal for me to get out into open water, but the idea of it really fascinates me. I can sit comfortably and safely in that boat and look over the edge of the boat, and the, the beauty of our island is that as far down as you can see, it, it is perfectly clear to the bottom. So in my mind's eye, I can just imagine what it's like to go diving, you know, and see what is new to discover at each new depth. That's the same way with God's grace. We can never fully understand that grace. I don't, anyone who tells you that they've got it all figured out, I don't, I'd, I'd have to question because after all of these years, I still don't think I've even begun to understand the depth of his grace and it's learning and discovering those new things about you and those new purposes and those new journeys all of it is a part of this wide expansive life that he has for us so have any of you ever taken one of those really extensive personality tests like the Enneagram and others there are books about it there's websites um, all built around it and some of my really good friends have said, you know, it's really clarified a lot in them about who they are and their strange little quirks and why they don't really like to be in a big group of people but are wide open and transparent with people that they trust. And, you know, where others are can walk into a room and they're the life of the party and they can talk to a lamppost. And, you know, it's helped people kind of navigate some issues in their marriages and even in their families with their kids. That's what God wants for us. He can do that and so much more because he is the one who has created you. He's the one that has given those things to you. He is the one that has created all of those personalities and quirks and all of the things that make you unique. The journey is finding them like those depths of the ocean digging deeper and deeper into the things that he has for you. You see, when we try to find our own purpose in our power without him, we're going to be so limited because we'll be limited to what we can see in the now and in the here. But when we live within the parameters of God's grace, we can see that wide open life. So I wanted to share this really interesting, there's a couple of parts in here that's gonna be like, we won't get to until next week, but I want to introduce a character called Gideon to you. He's such a great example of this. And we're going to be talking from the Old Testament. That's the first part of your Bible in the book of Judges in chapter 6. So to give you a little bit of background, remember a few weeks ago we talked about um, the nation of Israel demanded a king. They wanted to be like everyone else. And so God appointed Saul. Well, this was before that. God was going to appoint judges to kind of, you know, teach the people and lead them, help them with, um, you know, discrepancies and, and arguments, and they were going to help just kind of lead and grow this uh, nation of Israel. And he was handpicking them, and he picked this young farmer named Gideon. Now, we're about to dive into his story here in just a couple of minutes, and you're going to see that, like us at times, we did, he did not see what God saw in him. 
But I want to give you just a little bit more of that background. During this particular time, the nation of Israel had walked away from God. They had turned their backs on him after all that he had done for them. And you'll see if you study in the Old Testament that this happened repeatedly, as it probably does in all of our lives. But during this particular time, every time the nation of Israel would prosper, every time their harvest would come, you know, would grow up, every time they grew crops and, and would harvest them, these nations, especially this one called Midian, would descend upon them like locusts and eat everything in sight and tear to pieces. And the people of Israel were starving to death. This went on for like seven years. Now, I was thinking about this. For those of you who have school-age kids home right now, or maybe just toddlers, or maybe just Audrey, <laughs> you understand what this is like. All of a sudden, everything is quiet. They're watching something on TV or they're playing with something, and the word snack is said. And it's like a jailbreak, you know, snack, 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 snack. And all you see is Doritos and veggie straws and, you know, um, candy being thrown everywhere. And it looks like a pack of wild locusts had gone through. That's what was happening. There was nothing left to, to eat after that. And so that's where our story starts. Like so many times when people are facing hardships, the nation of Israel was crying out to God for help. And so one day we see, as the story begins, a young man named Gideon is uh, visited by an angel of the Lord while he is hiding from these enemies. And so the angel appears to him, and let's see, listen to this conversation, and let's see if you can find yourself in Gideon's words. So in Judges uh, chapter 6, 12 through 16, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he greeted him by saying, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon looks around and says, Excuse me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why is all of this happening to us? Now, it's important to note here that Gideon totally ignored the fact that the angel just called him a mighty warrior. Now, to put this into perspective, the Hebrew word for mighty warriors translated mighty man of valor. And that terminology was used to describe King David that we talked about a few months ago. His mighty valiant um, warriors that, that went out and did mighty deeds for him and courageous exploits on behalf of the kingdom. This label made sense for David's set of warriors. I mean, these guys were the elite fighters, hand-picked. They were the Navy SEALs. They were special tasks. They were champions. That's not exactly how you would describe the young man that the angel saw. He did not look anything or felt anything like a mighty man of valor. Hiding in a wine press so that the, his enemies couldn't see him trying to you know, harvest his wheat, he looked and felt like anything but a warrior. But you see, God's view was not bound by Gideon's reality or his actions. Gideon may have been under the shadow of the nation of Midian, but God was not. And that's important to understand. Regardless of where we are in our lives, God sees all. He could see beyond the exterior. He was calling out 
something inside of Gideon that he himself had placed there as his creator, something that Gideon could not see. Gideon wasn't a scared farmer. That's just how he was acting, but it was not who he was. You see, we see ourselves based on the present, but God sees us based on our potential. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about in this series. The angel had already told Gideon who was with him, but now he's about to tell Gideon what was in him. So here's Gideon again. He says, wait a minute, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. So here he is saying, forget mighty warrior. I don't know who you're talking to, but you're telling me the Lord is with us? How could you say that? Just look around and look at what's going on in our lives. How, we don't see him in our lives at all. And it made me wonder, have you ever felt that way? Maybe in the midst of what's going on now, the better question is, how many times have you felt that in the last couple of months? Or maybe it's a year ago, maybe it was five years ago, maybe it was six months ago that you lost your job or started to have problems with your family or, or your marriage with your children. Maybe it's a diagnosis that just, you know, came out of nowhere. It's so easy for us to say, God, where are you? Where are you in the middle of this? Verse 14, and the Lord answered him and he turned to him and he said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Now, I really need to stop there because this truth just powered through my heart this week in preparation. He says, go in the strength you have. If you study the word, you see this over and over again with God. He speaks to you and he says, don't compare yourself to someone else. Danny talked so well on that last week about, don't worry about the gifts that I've given to other people. Go in the strength that you have. Use the gifts that you have. He asked Moses, when Moses said, there's no way I can lead these people out of Egypt. He asked him, what do you have in your hand? What is it that I've given you that I can increase? What can I do with what you surrender to me? Excuse me, my Lord, he says again, but how can I save Israel? My clan or my family is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh, and I myself am the youngest in my family. You see, God had um, set up 12 tribes of Israel, and if you look into the history, something we don't have time for today, you'll see that the tribe of Manasseh was actually a half-tribe because there was conflict over land. And within that was Gideon's family. And within Gideon's family, he was the youngest, which we know from studying is they didn't really have much at all. It was always the firstborn that did. So he had nothing going for him. Just like that guidance counselor, you know, looking at me and saying, ah, there's not much there to work with. But that guidance counselor was wrong about me. And he was, and, and Gideon was wrong about himself. And if you're in that place right now, you are wrong as well. You see, all Gideon could see was his situation, his status, and his lack of abilities. But God saw a warrior. Why? 
because God knew what he had placed inside of Gideon. God already knew what he was going to do in Gideon's life. You see, for myself, left to my own reality without God, I am all of those things. I feel it, fearful, incompetent, insignificant. But God sees us, you and I, through the lens of our potential. You see, God's perspective might sound unbelievable and even look completely incorrect based on the way that we're acting and feeling. But trusting him and walking a journey of our whole lives with him, you will learn to see the depths of purpose that he has for you. A believer without a clear sense of their spiritual identity is much like a police officer without a badge or a driver without a driver's license. They have the right equipment, but they don't have the authority to use it. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> I have heard the craziest story that has now gone viral. I'm sure you have heard it about the five-year-old boy who got into a big fight with his mom about wanting to go and buy a Lamborghini with his life savings of $3. So he somehow steals her keys, gets in her car, backs out of the driveway, out of the neighborhood, and into the highway. It's crazy. The policeman that stopped and said never in his 10 or 15, 20 years, or however long he's been a patrolman, has he ever found a five-year-old behind the wheel of the car. You see, he had the right equipment, but he didn't have the authority to use it. I want to leave you with this in closing. Gideon was more than the sum of all of his cowardly parts. And may I say something to you today, my friends? So are you. Even if you are hiding right now and, and drowning in self-doubt, even if you're running away from an enemy that you don't think that you can defeat, even if all that you can see are your faults and your shortcomings, let me tell you today, God has a plan and purposes for your life, for this wide open life that you can't possibly imagine. Now next week, I wanna dive into Gideon's story. I want you to see all that God does in his life and give you some really practical tools on how we can do this in ours as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word because it is in your word that we find these mighty, great examples of the mighty men and women of God in your word that just show us and direct us and let us see who you are. I pray for those who are struggling with their purpose right now, that all they can see are the situations that they're in. All they can see is their mistakes. Open their minds and hearts to you today. Open their minds to see the giftings that you have given to them. Let them know the love that you have for them, the grace that is abounding and more than enough to cover anything they will ever need in their lives. Father, I pray that you would just make yourself real to them right now in this moment. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. 
If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.